0: The Koi Gig part. There's
1: no way Arsenal would let her go. It's all kind of
0: mind games going on, which is a lot of fun. Picked up more attention than any other actual transfer. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch every single live Premier League game this season On Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports I'm prepared to end and I can to do play Do it then What say? about your start to the game? Oh, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why
1: should it an honest answer be a mistake?
0: How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he?
1: <gasps> now welcome along Football Show Gavin Cooney of the 42 here in the studio You're very welcome Cheers, yeah we have Manchester United against Leeds this evening. Manchester United nil. Leeds one. Half-time scoreline. The United team, we didn't give it out earlier on. De Gea is in goal. Adalo, Varane, Martinez, Luke Shaw left back. They have Fred and Sabitzer newly arrived as the midfield two. Gernacho, Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford behind Vout Veghorst, Patrick Bamford leading the line for uh, Leeds and this one at Old Trafford ganado
0: with the goal for Leeds in the first minute mm. I wish. I mean, that's allegedly the score. This isn't on TV, so I've, I've no, It's not been broadcast. So I, this is this is the story. Uh, the score allegedly. So if we're gonna be- believe live score, uh, United are in fact a goal down. And yet, you did spot a crowd gathered watching Be Sports <laughs> outside well-known
1: pub in <laughs> Dublin I, nearby.
0: I better not name the pub. No, which don't, yeah, go, when go. I was on my way in, there was a screen outside and a couple of people huddled in the rain. Four or five people huddled in the rain watching uh, a feed of BN Sports. Well, if
1: I knew I could get Be In Sports and be treated to keys and grey. Every week.
0: So Richard Keys must be a kind of an inspiration for you then, is he? You know? You're oh, both so. well known T V anchors. Yeah. Um <laughs> In what ways in what ways do uh anchor, listener, I said. Uh, in what ways do uh, in what ways does Richard Keys inspire you? Uh I, I, to be fair, I don't know if he does inspire me. I give him this. Mm. I give him this. Alright. He's never dull. No, no, not at all. For some people that would be rule number one. Don't be boring. But are you not meant to be the Facilitator in that chair now. I mean, are you not meant to be bringing out the best of your guests and maybe tone down your own personality? Uh, potentially, but then if you want to make lots more money, <laughs> you could just be the main person <laughs> and outshine your guests. He—he he really is the Simon and Andy Gray's the Garfunkel of that relationship now, and increasingly start. so over the years. Oh, massively. Yeah, I didn't think so at Sky. I have to say, but like, it really seems like Gray's the alpha, or sorry, Keys is the alpha of that relationship, yeah. and like look. less damaged by the fallout from. The scandal, yeah, just less willing to be damaged by it. I feel yeah. is maybe the better interpretation of that. Yeah. Uh, but his blog is always a fantastic read. Maybe that's if Gray does want to kind of regain parity in the uh, in the minds of the West, uh, maybe uh, he should uh, he should start a blog like yeah, I don't like, he like does it, he has. I
1: think I think he's happy to just fade away and play his golf and do his thing. Whereas Keys yeah. wants to still be front and center. Mm. So, uh, I haven't seen much of that game, obviously, but Manchester United's very good form of late could come to uh, shuddering halt Every time they get within a a whisker of being in the question as to whether or not they could, you know, crash yeah. the title race, they seem to take a backward step. So, the question's never even asked. Yeah,
0: and well, I think the person most annoyed by that is Eric Ten Hag. You know, like, I was really struck, it's going back a couple of weeks now, but I was really struck by his comments after the Arsenal game. They lost that in the last minute. I thought Arsenal were way better than them, and I thought United did well to compete. Even uh, Ten Hag was furious afterwards about the goals they gave away. So obviously, he sees the opportunities that is there this season. You now think Arsenal look so good, but if there is a bit of a falter there for three, four games, and who knows, the Everton game might be the first of it. Yeah, probably not. You know that that opportunity is open. It looks like you know, the assumption has been that the Premier League you'll need 90 points to win the league because City and Liverpool are there. Well, Liverpool are gone and City are wobbling to the point where there's serious question marks. We're, we'll, get, we'll get to all the main question marks. There's question marks as well as what's going on in the field and what's going on in the dressing room. Mm. Many of which have been raised by Richard Keyes' blog um, today. He, he reckons something's not right there. Well, listen. Uh, Man City Explosive, extraordinary off the pitch,
1: and then something very curious on the pitch mm. as well—something not quite right. Uh, give us your uh, take on the last forty-eight hours and City, and how this is
0: likely to play the, out. The word that keeps coming into my head—if if you remember when we were all watching El Chiringuito during the Super League—bombazzo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're thinking, "Man, get dropping this word like Florentino Perez, bombazzo. This is a bombazzo. Yeah. Bloody hell! Like it's a huge story. Like I mean." like the Premier League are effectively accusing their dominant team and one of their richest teams of cheating Mm. and of lying about it since 2008 for massive allegations Um, and I always thought that I'm surprised it's gone this far even I'm surprised I read that statement and not just because it was couched in a ton of legalese and W W dot this and rule C dot that um, for them to actually get this far because this investigation has been ongoing since 2018, since yeah. the, you know, the football leagues and Der Spiegel, like Martin O'Neill was still the Ireland manager when this began. And this has been going. On, this inve- investigation has been going on in the background, and I just kind of assumed that would it would go away because I have, in either innocence or cynicism, I'm not sure which. Just an assumption that um, football uh, leagues and it's not in their interests to regulate very heavily their own shareholders slash um,/ slash teams. But they've actually, they've gone and done it. Mm. You know, these are very these are hugely serious allegations that they've now put out there in the public domain. I mean, they've played their hand in the sense now everybody knows the stakes of this. And I know uh, everything will be conducted in private or supposedly in private, the uh, independent commission hearing both sides of the argument. Um, but yeah, I'm just still reeling by the fact that they've actually gone and done this, I have to say. Mm. Uh, which points to their confidence in their case, really. Probably. Probably um, now, UEFA. You would imagine that UEFA had confidence in their case when they banned City for two years, and then that was overturned at CAS. But yeah, presumably, like they're not, they're not going to come out and make these allegations against City without without some conviction that they'll stick and that they're very serious. So mm-hmm. obviously Sydney are going to fight tooth and nail to clear their name, as, a, as is their right with their, with their lawyer. What is it? Lord, uh, Lord Panic. <laughs> the fantastically named Lord I mean, Panic. Already this has many ingredients <laughs> to get excited about.
1: How long is this going to play out for Is the other worrying question?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the assumption among everyone when this first bro- uh, broke was just like, oh, it could be years. I'm was thinking, really, can this really go on for years? Can we you throw in enough objections,
1: injunctions, uh, appeals, and suddenly the legal bill is twenty million?
0: Uh, Thank I, you very I, much. Sorry, I can panic. understand why it would take years. In a, the kind of a, the sporting part, to me, thinks, like surely you need this done fairly quickly. You know, it's oh, the integrity of well, the entire what, competition. Is it?
1: Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on, on here? the extent to which the cloud now hangs over everything? And there is almost uh, a sense of well. What's the point in yeah. getting too invested in what happens really in Manchester City's fortunes over there? Is,
0: this is the big sport. thing about this the story. It breaks the spell because sports is kind of, you know, I think everyone engages with it knowing that it is, okay, it's f- fundamentally a construct and it's fundamentally ridiculous. But we're still engaging with this and you engage it on a certain level that when you watch teams on the pitch, you the agreement is that everyone is playing by the same rules. Um, and if it is now proven that over the last, what, since 2008, Man City have been operating, have not been following the same rules as everyone and have lied about it. Man City obviously insists that they have played by the book and they'll go, they may yet prove that. But if that's yet proven, that's hugely damaging to the integrity of what we've just watched. It's, you know, it's the same like, you know, it's, a, it's the Tour de France. Like I mean, it's just like what, I, what I've been watching there has not been what I... I believed I was watching and what I was buying into, and that I don't know. In my opinion, it, there was a strong line by Barney Roney that he delegitimizes, like the melodrama and everything that's gone on in the, in the league of the last ten years. And I initially saw that word and I'm thinking, ah, oh, that's OTT. When you think about it, it does it does put an asterisk there. I have to say,
1: mm. I was watching uh, the Overlap Fans Forum mm. and. On YouTube, and the Man City fan, needless to say, was was giving his say, and and it was kind of it, it was interesting when he was trying to appeal, not much success uh, to mm. the other uh, fans in the room, and he said, like, come on, everyone, this isn't doping, this isn't match fixing. We we'll spent a few extra quid, maybe. I guess, oh, you know, and I I kind of I do <laughs> when you say Lance Armstrong, there. That's when we think of that moment. I'm not as outraged about this maybe I should be Mm. as Armstrong for instance it
0: doesn't but why was Armstrong not like Armstrong was basically uh, okay as it turns out you couldn't believe what you were seeing there yeah do you not feel the same as I mean when the teams get onto the pitch and like you can argue about like the rights and wrongs of uh, should a state own own Manchester City or any other football club I think that's fair enough but once they get to the pitch there is I think everyone agrees like okay there are there are agreed rules that everyone is playing by here and if then you're if then you're gonna then you're gonna go and if it, as it turns out the one team wasn't playing by those rules at all as everyone else was yeah that's that is corrosive in my view that is you're corrosive right. for this you're special. right
1: I, I suppose it's just part of me that can't wholly get away from the fact that it's not a level playing field anyway this isn't uh, some uh, situation where there's a salary cap and the majority of teams can hit that salary cap comfortably and it's who can spend it. The best or who can be the most economical mm. or the smartest with their money, with their ten or twenty million. Uh This is already well. Man City are outspending seventeen of you guys by a million miles already. Mm. So it you know this is like it's not like man this 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 wonderful level playing field has been rocked. Mm. It was never that to begin with. Yeah, and therefore I I don't find it as a, as egregious as I would if it turned out that half the Man City players were doped to their gills because then that would completely undermine what I'm watching on the pitch.
0: Um, I don't necessarily agree... It's not a strong argument. It's Yeah. (laughs) It's just how I feel. (laughs) Uh, But it's also then, it's the allegation that they lied about it, that they played you all for fools. But you, you can't... So that has been said,
1: the worst part about this is they lied. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're going to do it, they sort of have to lie. Yeah. Is that not implicit in the doing it? Yeah, but that doesn't make it all right. I know, but like, let's just accept that they lied, obviously. Yeah. It's not like, they broke sorry, the rules why? and they told the truth about it. I mean, when, when has that ever happened? But why,
0: I, sorry, I don't get your point, sorry. sorry but why, so, but so, Okay, so they, they, they broke FFP.
1: Yeah. Well, then they're going to have to try and hide it if they're going to do it. Yeah. So why are we surprised that they
0: lied about it? That's been added on as like a, you know... They did this terrible thing and they lied about it. Yeah, but that's a massive transgression in and of itself. I mean, you can both be, um, be, let me see, unsurprised but still shocked that they did it. Mm. That they they have gone and lied about it. I think, look, I think that it massively damages what has happened before. And that's why I think if it gets to a point where there are penalties, they have to retrospectively strip the titles. Yeah, well. You can't. You relitigate the past to protect the future. It was just like, okay, how are we going to believe that there's integrity in this league going forward? And look, this is all, you know, this is an assumption that this plays out in one way. It's entirely possible that it doesn't play out that way. City insists they're innocent in fairness and that's their, that's their right and prerogative. Irrefutable evidence. Yeah. Um, that's
1: interesting because the majority of pundits, experts, people just taking a stab in the dark. Their their general conclusion is that going back and stripping titles, uh, for some reason, no one's explained why, but mm. people say with great confidence, incredibly complicated. Well,
0: that. it's only complicated if you then go about reassigning the title. And generally how these things have happened is they haven't been reassigned. So Juventus' mm. first title wasn't reassigned. The second one went into Milan. I'm not really sh- I didn't kind of get a chance to read up on that enough, but I think maybe that was because maybe it was during the season that season. This was 05-06 yes. and Calciopoli was 06 I remember before the World Cup. And you know, the interesting thing about that and uh, the exciting thing if you're,
1: what's his name? Panic? Yeah, Lord Panic. If you're Lord Panic, Juventus are still in the courts trying to get that title back. Yeah. yeah. So I'll do that for 80k a day for 15 yeah. years.
0: Oh no, this is, <laughs> I mean, this is a bombato of a different kind yeah. for, uh, for, our friend, uh, for our friends and partners in the, legal, in the legal world. Even like Marseille lost their league title but... Um, back in under Bernard Tappy back in the early 90s the league were like we're going to give it to PSG yeah. like here we are and this is PSG which very different to the PSG we know now were owned by Canal Plus the broadcaster and they were like this might not play well among our <laughs> among our paying customers around outside of Paris um, so lads we're not going to take this league title <laughs> and I actually think PSG didn't even go into the Champions League next season as was possibly their right yeah. so you could argue maybe everything is too contingent to go back now look I would feel sorry for Jurgen Klopp because clearly like if, uh, if City were found to break the rules Liverpool were obviously deserving title yeah. winners in say 2018 2019 when they were like 11 oh, millimeters away from I don't want to mention Brendan Rodgers but if, Brendan anyone's, Rodgers, if anyone's been wronged here yeah, and then like Oli Gunnar, can look, now look back and say, "Well, <laughs> I won the league, and you sacked me." Yeah.
1: <laughs> to what extent? Say this, uh, and and again, you've to, and uh, I think quite rightly stressed that Man City again have denied all allegations, and they welcome this opportunity to almost put to bed the general whiff of smoke yeah. coming out of that club for several years now.
0: Which is funny. I mean, the investigation has been going on since 2018, so yeah. they've, been, they've been a while waiting for this uh, opportunity, but nonetheless, they, yeah. and they the did po- stress the word impartial about this, uh, about this independent commission, which That's maybe true. hints at their view of how the investigation has been conducted by the Premier so League. S- say they're
1: found guilty, and say for a second they're not stripped of titles because for some reason it is impossibly complicated and, and, yeah. and, and difficult. Which say it's th- not, but okay. Yeah. The titles remain there is a fine, there is a points deduction going forward. To what extent will we almost uh, come to uh, park the last decade as non-existent? Will we even refer to the Aguero moment in the record books and in montages going forward on Sky and various other places. Will it
0: just be almost white from the record? No, I don't think it will. Because it's so hard to disentangle how you felt at that moment and how you lived it. And the reality about these great sporting moments is how you live them, really, rather than how they exist as kind of lines of Wikipedia page or accountancy or bookkeeping after it. So I think you just do the thing you do with a lot of sports when you look back and you remember it and then you go, oh, mm. you know, how was I? Maybe that wasn't quite right, yeah. but nonetheless. I think it's so hard. I mean, that's that's a it's a wider debate about sports watching. You're effectively buying emotions <laughs> with it. And, you know, it's kind of the same with this. Like, it's so hard. I mean, that's why, you know, stripping of titles and re-awarding them feels... I don't know, like, athletes have done, all, sorry, it's hampered with athletes all the time, where... Um, the Olympics have set a healthy precedent. You know, where, uh, you know, there'll be awards given out for championships going back for I, eight years, like, but... I guess I asked the
1: question because, uh, fairly or otherwise, the perception would be of City over the last decade, this doesn't all add up. Mm. And yet, uh, most people have digested that, overlooked that, and, and been able to think, well, God, Kevin De Bruyne is bloody good, and Guardiola is a phenomenal manager, and Erling yeah. Haaland is a phenomenon, and... You know that uh, it's 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 part of the story, but I wouldn't say it's the dominant part of the story. So if you you wonder if guilt, official guilt, is assigned to it now, might that supersede the football? I'd, it's hard to know.
0: I'd love the person I would imagine who is asking that question uh, of himself is Pep Guardiola. Mm. It's very interesting.
1: Well, he's on the record in May of last year as saying, "I talked." To, he was asked about the UEFA fine mm. and. The UEFA ban which was overturned and his response in May of last year was, I talked to the club, I asked them to explain. They explained perfectly and I told them, if you're lying to me, I'm leaving the next day. And mm. to quote him, I will not be your friend. Yeah. And that's his position. So he trusts them and he'll defend them
0: implicitly. With a lot of plausible deniability in there now. You True. Know? But if it were to turn out,
1: and again, I stress, you know, we don't have the details here and, and I, I'm not making an allegation in the slightest, but if it turned out, for instance, that Pep had a similar arrangement to Mancini then suddenly he's in a very tricky position to oh, say Oh the then least. like I mean that destroys his credibility. It does yeah. But again I, I mean mm. I suspect Pep said I'll have my 20 million up front thank you very much yeah. and, and no funny business yeah. based on those comments in May. So uh, well I don't know I guess uh, going to be curious to see his press conference on Friday, and we just funny.
0: Like, I mean, there is a part of me that feels sorry for, like, he's going to be wheeled out as the spokesperson for all this. Yeah, you know, what more can he say other than repeat his uh, <laughs> his very, his very almost um, a <coughs> uh, uh, kind of cute kind of uh, Fair-like. you know, like, yeah. I mean, I'll just I'll not be your friend anymore, you know, I'll take my ball and I'll, I'll play elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so what? What will he do but repeat that? When realistically, the people who have to answer this are those who uh, who are currently hiding behind that statement on the Manchester City website. Yeah. Uh,
1: final thought on City on the pitch. What's going on? Yeah, I don't. I, I was hoping you might be able to tell me. I, I, I kind of the last few weeks have been off, and I've been looking on at a glance, and the Cancelo departure mm. seemed to happen overnight. Very strange in light of the player he was perceived to be just last year. Yeah. And in the absence of Zinchenko, and then. They refused to pass the ball to Erling Haaland, even though that had worked quite well for the early part of the season. De Bruyne is on the bench. bench yeah. Some of their better defenders are on the bench. Diaz, the Laporte, yeah. nowhere to be seen. bully them. yeah. And Pep is say, just giving all uh, manner of soundings uh, which suggest he's unhappy with the attitude of the team
0: and it's not a happy camp. So he seems stoked we? by this um, terror of complacency, which would make sense in a way. But maybe this is, this is his way of addressing the complacency. A couple of weeks ago he did come out with one of his stranger post-match press conferences and there, there have been a few over his time where he openly asked, I'm not sure, do we want to win this league, you know? So obviously maybe that's what he's worried about and he does place a lot of stock in the uh, in training ground attitude and body language and body weight um, and body weight Poor yeah. Calvin Phillips yeah so it's very very unusual like i mean you can't argue that he's got his best players on the pitch at the moment and no. you know he's it's not like they're injured he's just not picking them to the point where one of them has now gone to play for Bayern Munich yeah. but he's strengthened Arsenal in the Premier League and now he's gone and strengthened Bayern Munich in the Champions League it's very very unusual and even the, like even the way he's playing like they're not playing to Haaland's strength at all. No. They're generally ignoring him. They, they, they just don't pass to him. No. And I, I understand, like, I mean, I guess the principle is if you hit a long ball to Haaland, it could get cut out, and then all of a sudden you're out of position, then you could get shredded on the counter very easily. Well, they're getting shredded on the counter very easily. Mm. Spurs didn't have to do a lot, anything magnificent at the weekend. You know, he did his thing of playing the left back, who's Rico Lewis now in midfield. Presumably worried to, to kind of gum up an area to stop Kane dropping into, so they just like popped the ball down the side that he wa- he was meant to stand in, yeah. and Kulusevski made a like it was it was pretty easy to unlock them, and even Grealish is so Grealish is now playing and playing all the time, and I kind of am beginning to agree with Graham Souness because remember Souness used to complain that Grealish gets fouled too much, and I thought well that's because you know he was the best player in the Villa team, he he dribbles with the ball, he's the best player on the field, of course he's going to get fouled. Mm. But he does slow City down a lot now. I mean, he was getting praised by Sky's commentary at the weekend for being City's one good player. He took the fight to them. But it was very one-dimensional. And that's partly because he had no one going Randy outside of him because Rico Lewis was in um, midfield. S- it yeah. was just like pick up the ball, try and dribble inside Emerson Royale, probably get a free kick, yeah. and the free kick goes nowhere. It's yeah. just like you just remember City at their best would be getting the ball to the boil on these cutbacks and it'd just be like death by a thousand cutbacks. Mm. They don't play those cutbacks at all anymore. It's really hard to remember many of them in the last couple of weeks. So maybe it's a team, it's hard to argue that it's a team adapting to Haaland because they look to have adapted to him instantly at the start of the season. That's the ironic point. And now, like you say, they're not adapting to him, they're just ignoring him. Yeah, I mean, in the game at Old Trafford there was uh, example after
1: example a match of the day that evening of really good Haaland mm. runs into really good spaces, just ignored. And on the Rico Lewis into midfield point, you know it's funny, Kenny Cunningham in here uh, is just vociferous. He is he is the the last man standing who doesn't like Sinchenko in midfield for Arsenal right. and not pushing on. Pushing on. He goes, oh, you're seeing that space exposed on the counter. It's not really happening to Arsenal, but his exact complaint there is happening to City yeah, uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. And I don't know, the confidence that they were going to go on this 15-16 match on winning I mean, run I to... I, win I the was just kind of season.
0: waiting for it to happen, you know, yeah. and just waiting for like the first game for their first win and just like, okay, off they go now. Maybe it's not going to happen and maybe Arsenal have been pretty much perfect for the first half of the season yeah. and I thought they might have to do that again to win the league now. It looks like maybe they won't. We're going to take a short break. Gavin Cooney is staying with us. Football show is brought to you by Sky.
1: Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Back in one second.
0: Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.
1: And uh, now you're very welcome back. Joe Mulloy here, Gavin in Studio as well. So the latest from Old Trafford. Uh, Gnado had put Leeds a goal up after just one minute. Uh, Raphael Varane scored an own goal three minutes into the second half so that was Manchester United nil leads two and now on 62 minutes we're just past the hour mark who else but Marcus Rashford has scored for Manchester United they are 2-1 down about half an hour to go the Rashford thing is eye-catching yeah is, is Rashford 2.0 Better than Rashford, who burst on the scene and was really, really good. He's it's, it's starting to lean towards two
0: Probably, maybe the sample size isn't quite large enough yet, but he's been outstanding. Yeah, just been absolutely brilliant. And Hassan, not all of his goals have been running in behind. In fairness, like even that goal, that goal of the weekend was uh, was Palace. Palace, who the play the weekend? I think it was that second goal um, that ultimately won them the game. Very really clever finish. You know, it's just really good reactions in the in the six yard box. It wasn't a case of. The cross just hit him and went in. He did have to kind of slightly manipulate his body, so he's been he's been brilliant. I think part of it is probably he's fully injury free now. I think maybe that's that's a big part of he his current stronger. form. He does. Yeah, he looks stronger. He looks leaner, and he just ah, he'll be. I think he's a shoe in there for team of the sea uh, for the team of the year, and probably a contender for Player of the Year. To be honest with, certainly Manchester United's.
1: Yeah, I thought Casemiro was bloody good as well. Uh, Lads says anonymous Man City fan. Shut up about it till the results come out. And you're right, we are a bit shite this year.
0: <laughs> well, I mean... Let's <laughs> so not talk about
1: this huge thing <laughs> until... Let well, Lord Panic have a few years. And four years before, uh, before Lord Panic has any results for us. That is the grim thought. Yeah, this, I, mean, um, I mean, it's all very exciting now, but give it six months. Uh, so, you're uh, keeping an eye on a few different things. Liverpool at the weekend caught your eye for obvious reasons. I mean, it's not even... Uh, surprising at this stage although the scale of it is is surprising even Klopp acknowledged this is, was like a new low in terms of performance
0: it was it probably was yeah um maybe the defeat against brighton was worse just cuz they did nothing in that game there was a period starting the second half second half where um i think Klopp used the phrase that they look like a liverpool team for a little while but they're just uh, you know they're just so flimsy in the counter now they never really used to get cut um, cut open on the counter attack, but you know when Ruben Neves is galloping into the penalty area and scoring from close close range, you know you're 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 in trouble. Um, obviously, the the headline kind of outcome of Klopp's press conference was this weird set to with James Pierce of the Athletic, where he refused to answer his question. Uh, James Pierce, by no like by no means anyone's idea of a highly critical journalist. Yeah. Um, I, I f- do, and even when Liverpool score, he'll like tweet goal and big caps. And yeah. Be, you yeah. know, really...
1: Pulling for the team,
0: yeah, no, ma- massively. Like, I mean, he was a very fair journalist, and he wouldn't have been ott at all. I was, uh, he was subsequently explaining on an athletic podcast that Klopp seemingly got him mixed up with someone else, yeah. which is even stranger. It's really going hard that hard, yeah. Which, which doesn't that never looks good. And I know there was a couple a couple of people coming back and say, well, you know, Ferguson banned journalists. Ferguson banned journalists at a point of strength. <laughs> he was never, you know, he was just this like, looks like, let's flex press here, here getting... rather than, you know, yeah. um, grapple uh, grapple for uh, from, for dry land. But there was other interesting stuff there. Like, I think it was maybe with the BBC, he basically, like, he sounded like he was just bewildered by the whole thing. Talking about how players were losing challenges in midfield and I don't really understand how that happened. I think that kind of sums them up. he like, he's I mean, saying, he's making that point about challenges.
1: mm Fairly consistently, you know, we're all talking about energy, and he he hasn't really gone
0: into that sphere too readily. But he absolutely is talking about challenges all year. Mm. But they just look like a team whose entire world has been shattered, and like they just have no idea what like what's in front of them now. Because yeah. that team, at its best. Was such a finely tuned machine, like, and you need total buy-in, almost on an automatic basis. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, you will run here, I'll press behind you and fill that space, and then we there's no way we can get caught out in the counterattack because there's no space between any of us, and that's gone now. Like, I mean, they just have no, they just look, they're just such a shambles. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of breathtaking. And look, there's like there's problems at every level now. Like, I mean, there's. You know, the the club is in a kind of a limbo. There's it's for sale. There's a, seemingly a lack of leadership behind the scenes. Obviously, Michael Edwards, the sporting director, is gone. Yeah. Julian Ward, the guy who only uh, took charge last summer, is on his way out as well, and now being linked with a role at Ajax, which is kind of strange. Like if he needs a break, as it was reported, if he was if he was to join Ajax in the summer. That would suggest that he didn't need a break from football. He just needed a break from Liverpool. Melissa Reddy had a piece on the Sky Sports Mm. website. And
1: and actually, I mentioned it last night to Dan, so I won't labour the point for anybody who's listening in again this evening. But in effect, she was charting the brain drain at the club. And one of, I suppose, if you're Jurgen Klopp and feeling paranoid, uh, the more damning lines was that certain people didn't feel they were empowered to do their jobs Mm. to the fullest extent. Hence, they're getting out of here. Uh, and so that's been pointed to as, as an aspect here that slowly but surely over two, three years all the people that made the club tick have, have dissipated yeah allied to an
0: aging team allied to injuries allied to
1: well I don't know what else I mean exhaustion I don't know I, mean,
0: I guess exhaustion like I mean there have been I mean Thiago I know and even Klopp himself has accepted the whole 63 game season last season have, has left its scars So mm. It just isn't surprising, really. Like, they came so close and they won two trophies, but then just the way it ended, lose the Premier League by what? Like, there were when Salah scored to put them ahead against Wolves, he celebrated as if that's the one to win the league. And then you could see Liverpool fans in the crowd were a bit glum and they basically told Salah, no city have just gone ahead here. Yeah, Like, that must be so crushing for them. And parallel unifers, of course, and we'll never know, it would have been so interesting if they'd won the
1: quadruple, for instance. Mm. Was this hangover coming regardless?
0: Yeah. Possibly um yeah. they've been buoyed and propelled into I don't know like yeah, there must be know. like i mean they they they've climbed that mountain and come so close to the peak very often now it must be so difficult yeah. to come down again well
1: i I, get, I happened to watch the first game of the season against fulham and they just struck me uh, van dijk in particular yeah. i don't know why he jumped out but there was just such I, i've repeated myself with this point that they stunk of oh, yeah how can we possibly get over a fulham away yeah. with all their enthusiasm it was real like oh. Yeah. And then I really bought into that theory when they were excellent against City. Yeah. And there was Van Dijk sliding, lunging along the ground and thought, okay, it's an attitude issue. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, if it was an attitude issue, things have become so stark in recent weeks, they would have
0: copped themselves on. Mm. So it's more than that. Now, look, you you would address that exhaustion by refreshing the team and they haven't done that. Yeah, part of me thinks, part of me doesn't blame them massively for not doing that, to be quite honest. Because you see how close they came last year. You know, like, I mean, had they signed a midfielder who would have been hitting his stride this season to kind of ease him in last year, maybe you drop points somewhere. And then, you know, like you have to be at such breakneck, they had to spend all of last season at such breakneck pace. There was no time almost to refresh. We'll just ring everything... um, uh, ring out everything that's left in this group. So I have a little bit of sympathy there um and I can't remember where I read it but it was a good line that uh, maybe Klopp has shown too much loyalty to these players but they deserve loyalty. And, and, and nobody and was we hardly
1: them in the summer, right? we does think
0: that like, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. They definitely have they definitely they've made a mistake in not bringing in a midfielder at least one I mean Thiago's the last permanent mid- mid- midfielder signed maybe they were like we wait for the right guy like yeah. the did with Van Dijk but you know they were waiting for Camavinga went to Real Madrid waiting for Ciamani went to Real Madrid waiting for Jude Bellingham which is almost like a Beckett play at this point Bellingham must up- be thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> no, just like do I really
1: do I really want this and losing Wijnaldum to PSG will double your wages yeah. that's got to gnaw at Klopp as well uh, 2-2 Oh, my. At Old Trafford. Who else but Jaden Sancho? Oh, I was
0: going to say Marcus Rashford. Oh, so Sancho's Jayden involved. Jadon Sancho.
1: Welcome oh, back, That's a so. huge moment for him. Yeah, potentially. So, presumably, he came on as a substitute. He did come on for Vout Weghorst. Oh, there you go. And has scored. Uh, Sancho, going to be very interesting because arrived to much fanfare. Uh, really, I mean, I hadn't watched a huge amount of Sancho at Dortmund, but watching him in the Premier League... No real pace. Yeah, that was. Just I did, was surprised at that as well. This is not very scary, and he, all you could say in his defence was he was pitched into
0: a team which just wasn't functioning. Yeah, and maybe Dortmund things were very well organised. That's the kind that was some of the
1: flourishes that was in. some
0: of the reporting at the time. After you know there were the Sancho was eating Jaden Sancho pieces, yeah. and one of the one of the things that was reported was. Look, he needs to be in a kind of a functioning system, like yeah. he was at Dortmund. Um, I always, I always kind of felt like him and Jack Relish went to the wrong Manchester clubs. Yeah, I always felt like now it's probably different now. Yeah, I always felt like Grealish was a better yeah, United yeah, fit. Uni- oh, he was,
1: he was, perfect for that United. Yeah. but what's thrown us is that now in the functioning system, Sancho seems
0: to have uh, struggled, and there were all sorts of rumours of attitude yeah. and various other things. So, and Ten Hag effectively said he wasn't fit enough, so he just yeah. kind of sent him off for a while. Um, so whatever's going on there, we don't know the full story, I suppose. But if he can rehabilitate him it's just another it's, an, it's another win for Eric Haglock. he can't he's, he's getting everything right so our concluding
1: thoughts on Liverpool I suspect are no different to what they would have been for the last several weeks if not mm.
0: months there's no sign of this ending No, there's like, I mean, whenever you hear a fan say, well, at least that's rock bottom, that's always the most optimistic note that they can find. There is always further to fall. That, like the team looks completely broken. The manager now looks not just downcast, but he looks genuinely out of ideas and at a complete loss to explain this. And can you think of a worse fixture? the next on the list than Sean Deitch is Everton. Going to Anfield. You can just imagine you can see, he's he's sitting where wherever he is now, Sean Deitch, licking his lips at the thought of going, um I was gonna say silencing Anfield. It's gonna be pretty quiet from the off, I'd imagine. Mm. Uh, so no, I I don't know, and like maybe they'll, they'll hang their hat in this Real Madrid tie I think Ram- coming face face with Real Madrid is a nightmare for them. I mean, there's just—I mean—they've been stoked by Manchester City. They've also been stoked by Madrid. Madrid have signed the midfielders that they were meant to sign, and they keep knocking them out of the Champions League and keep beating them in finals. So it's a—it's a hard row for them. What is your uh, understanding
1: of this Qatari interest in Manchester United?
0: Yeah, so I just the same news reports that everyone else has read in the mail uh, this morning that there was a Qatari bid uh, for Manchester United that there would be that there was interest there. Obviously, the Glazers yeah. not 6 billion pounds for their uh, for their cash machine which is good work if you can get it uh, and then i wasn't really sure who they were it seems to be like you know are these i think is this the government or is well, this I was the just royal family? Say, was when we say qatari yeah this seemed like private qatari, qatari, qatari billionaires and i was just thinking are there many of those <laughs> and then the guardian reported that it is the emir of qatar who's interested in buying manchester united um obviously this would create somewhat of a conflict of interest given the ownership in Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. Now, you could say that's one arm of the Qatari state was a QSI-owned... Uh own um, Paris Saint Germain, so you could say, well, look, Qatar Airways could buy Manchester United, and then maybe Find a way. it might satisfy. Um, but obviously, that would create, a, in theory, a conflict of interest in the chamis, Like, like, how could mm. PSG and Man United, if they were owned by the same entity, compete against each other in the same competition? But uh, there was a rather quaint line in the Guardian report, which just like, you know, this is uh, they have recognised this issue um, and are looking at ways of solving it. One of one of the ways proposed is to convince you if. Did you basically change the rule? They'll have a chance of doing that by because, the way. like, uefa had—they had the chance to um, put their foot down around this years ago around the Red Bull Leipzig, Red Bull Salzburg thing, and they fudged it. Yeah. You know, what I mean, they said, "Well, you know, one is Red Bull and one is Rasenball." I think, I, I think Rasenball might be Leipzig. I think, but the fact that I get them mixed up is mere proof mm. of the fudge. So again, you know, that's that's a separate point, but that's again where football regulating itself has not really worked out but no. uh, and what of like the Premier League things have changed
1: post Newcastle when it comes to human rights
0: I don't know I don't know I mean it's the new and bold Premier League uh, since yeah. Monday morning maybe like I mean my impression of the Premier League was always the you know you keep the money coming we're kind of going to look the other way yeah. um, now it would seem according to reporting definitely by David Con and the Guardian that you know the, the UK government were very interested in, in the Saudis buying Newcastle there seemed to be a little bit of resistance from the Premier League Uh, for a long time during that Um, and then Richard Masters had to come out and tell us with a straight face that that PIF the Saudi Sovereign Fund is is not linked is not run by the Saudi Saudi and if we find any evidence that it is (laughs) we'll be sure to tell you (laughs) so look I mean I mean that's what I mean basically most fans I don't say most fans that's unfair of me but definitely there's a rump of the online fan just just sell, just find me a shake yeah, find know, me a sovereign wealth fund Liverpool this is fans all are I desperate need. for a good shake to come it's in. crazy like yeah. um, and it's just it look what it happened maybe it's not there was a suggestion as well in a separate piece in the guardian that the glazers want to basically flush out a bit a, a few bids like there is a a deadline for for bids for united by the end of this month so be interesting to see where that all goes you know uh, like the the big uh,
1: pundits spokespeople football uh, people in the UK the likes of Neville Qataris that's you know not least post Ian Hislop mm. that's a, an interesting case Roy Keane vociferous in Qatar yeah we should not be here I
0: would presume that applies to you should not own Manchester United you would hope so you would hope so so but, were this to start yeah. this all becomes very there would be some pressure on to be consistent in that line I don't know whether they will I mean the the most of the English pundits have been quite weak on that issue. On that issue, generally, you know, I mean, you know, while they railed against uh, against the Super League, um, then Gary Neville was on talking about, well, you know, if we engage with the Saudis, maybe this um, Newcastle owning um, Newcastle being owned by Saudi Arabia gives a chance to engage and maybe you know bring some of the West progress to them.
1: In fairness, he's just screaming at his
0: naivety. Yeah, I think I think, think, yeah, right? think, think latterly he conceded yeah that was wrong. did he right yeah. okay
1: yeah because then then the guitar issue came up so
0: yeah and then like he the yeah. then issue. yeah it was the same thing it was just like you know well I, I can go and make my points on B in Or you can but him. like I mean I was there I mean I've said se- not to keep going back to Richard Keys. he did sit with a straight face and describe this as the People's World Cup you know <laughs> just like you know but I suppose look if Neville if Neville was at least going on trying to make his point that's a lot more admirable Calling this the People's World Cup. Yeah. Still 2 2 between Manchester United and Leeds. We'll see how that Qatari uh,
1: issue plays out. Eight minutes to go in the game. Uh, I was asking you anything of note, anything you want to mention? Uh, there are two kinds of people at the moment. hmm. Uh, me and you are on different sides of this line. Okay. There are people who find the Ryan Reynolds Wrexham thing interesting. Okay. I just haven't yet. Oh, as a concept? No. everything about like they So uh, I you said Billy Sharp versus
0: Wrexham well I found that f- I found his comments funny I don't know what it means I'm going dis- to disappoint you um, and all your listeners by saying I actually agree with you that I don't find their owning Wrexham overly interesting okay and I find kind of feel a bit queasy about it have you I'm watched watching. the documentary yet? no I've not no me neither um, there's just too many of them there's too many of these documentaries to watch you yeah. know um, and now there's like a golf coming out that I kind of really want to watch I think I will watch that yeah Didn't? Oh, have you watched it yeah well I spoke to someone who had okay Dull was the...
1: Oh no, really? Yeah, and and the trailer was very worrying because it was just a bunch of golfers saying it's really hard to win on tour.
0: Oh, because I was hoping that we would get some of the live stuff. Well, fingers
1: crossed we do, but it was a strange choice of theme for the trailer. Yeah. Like like basically the most anodyne, they say it after every interview anyway theme. No, guys, it's really hard to win on tour. Yeah just that was golfer after golfer <laughs> it's just so hard to win out here <laughs> like, okay I mean if that's your trailer yeah I'm slightly concerned yeah okay I, I spoke to someone who
0: watched three episodes right and they said nothing interesting so far uh, and did McElroy and featured across yeah, those three he
1: does he, well, I don't know if he featured across those three maybe they they hold you in suspense for him he certainly did sit down for a big interview yeah but even again like if you want a McElroy interview if you go read the Twenty thousand word Paul Kimmage one. Yeah, you know? I know. It's, it's he's not a uh, he's not quietly hidden away for
0: the other. I know. 50 it's just like McElroy year. either is is fundamentally interesting or at least is one of the few great sports people to understand that he should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which is which. Anyway, sorry. That is a tangent. Um, I haven't watched the Wrexham thing. I just find Billy Sharp's comments very funny. afterwards. remind you know? me, Billy Sharp. Billy Sharp is the I who I. I have to say, before I turned on this match last night, assumed retired in 2006. Right, it is the rather burly striker leading the line for Sheffield United at the moment, and scored the. Well, it was three-one after um, it was three-one in the replay last night in the FA Cup, but he scored the second goal deep in, 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 into injury, down to to break their hearts, and he kind of mimicked like wiping his eye, wiping tears from his eyes in front of the Wrexham fans afterwards, and okay. you know, because Wrexham are kind of everyone's fairy tale story. They're the non-league side that has gone well, and like there's Ryan Reynolds Stardust here, and, yeah. and like just. Such an interesting story. <laughs> Billy Sharp was just like, "Yeah, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy we beat them. You know, they they disrespected us. I felt a bit disrespected in the build-up. Had they? Um, well, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about this. So it's only uh, it's only today that um, it has surfaced that three of the Wrexham players had celebrated uh, down the camera, celebrated ago by doing you know, son's little uh, kind of celebration where he makes a tri- or uh-huh. rectangle out of his." Fingers and thumbs. Um, And they had, they put this up at Tottenham Hotspur and they had drawn, the winner would play Spurs in the next round. But as it turns out, the original sin is of course the documentary because Son seemingly watched this Welcome, is it it Welcome to Wrexham? Is that what it's Called, mm, think so. The Wrexham documentary, um, as everyone will know it by. Uh, so Son apparently loved it. Ben Davis introduced him to it. Oh. Um, his teammate and obviously okay. Ben Davis as well. So seemingly that is the innocent. That is the motivation. Whether um, whether genuine or otherwise that Billy Sharp latched onto, and uh, okay. obviously, like the cameras, the the documentary cameras were everywhere. Um, and I think a couple of chef, one of the Sheffield United players, basically shoved that in your documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's a great line, but uh, it's kind of weird, like because obviously, you know, there's been these plenty of these behind scenes documentaries, lots of them on Amazon. There's one on Newcastle, by the way. That's the latest Oof. one yeah okay I just I can't wait to see more of Eddie Howe yeah because um, they were filming
1: him in the dressing room recently so I presume it's, it's yeah so
0: stage. that's that's what that's for but there's so many of them but the Wrexham oh, like I mean at go. least that's Pete's, there. At, Pete's having a heart attack we've got to go soon oh sorry final uh, thought Gavin oh sorry final thought is uh, it's just that Wrexham exists just because of the documentary which makes me feel a little bit queasy yeah there's a bit of that there's a bit of that